you know, I, I stumbled across CrossFit and that's really what saved me because you, I, my whole life, I only wanted to be an Olympian for a sport. Like I played all these sports, but as a female athlete, you have one dream. You want to go to the Olympics. We don't have professional sports like the males do. Like they dream to go to the NHL. They dream to go to the NBA. They, all these professional leagues, which are paying millions. Most male athletes do not dream of the Olympics like we do as a female athlete. So when that goal was not there anymore, I lost that, that spark in me as an athlete. Cause I'm like, what am I training for now? Yes. I'm trained to play hockey, but it wasn't like as a competitor for me, it was like, I need something else. And CrossFit filled that hole for me right away. Hi, my name is Scott Switzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. We have talked about this. It started on games weekend that our podcast wanted to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. You hit a thousand subscribers. It allows you to do so much more. Uh, you have the ability to go live from different events, things like that. And games weekend, we really wanted to kind of go live and do some commentary of the games, but we couldn't cause we don't have enough subscribers. So I reached out to Dave and uh, he has, agreed to sponsor this kind of giveaway that we're doing in our road to a thousand. And that is every time we hit a new century mark, we're going to give away an RX jump rope, the original RX jump rope. You get to pick the colors, you get to pick the, the thickness of the rope. Um, but we want to give away a rope every, every hundred new subscribers we get. The key to that is you have to be a public profile when you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. If you're public, I get to see your name. And so that way we can draw from those names and give away that jump rope every hundred subscribers. And so we are super stoked about this. Uh, we wanted to do something fun with it. And Dave and his team came up with this kind of concept and we're really excited to keep moving forward with that. Yeah, we're excited to help you along with that. And something I didn't tell you, but I might as well, I might as well put it out there. We're going to throw some other little goodies in there. We're not going to say what they are, but, uh, and it may be different every single time, but whoever, uh, whoever wins is going to get some extra little stuff in there. So it should be oh, fun. That's awesome. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your family, because the faster we get to the next century mark, the next time we draw for another rope and you're, you're involved, whether you are the first subscriber or the thousandth subscriber, you're still eligible to win uh, in these in these giveaways. So, and now off to this week's episode. Hey, Carolyn. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just finished a workout. Yeah. How'd it go? Went well. It's good. Sweaty. I'm like good. I'm gonna start sweating, so I'm gonna put a sweater on, so like my shirt doesn't get all. <laughs> what was the workout? Uh, some dumbbell snatches, some double dumbbell snatches, thrusters. So it was a 10 minute AMRAP, 12 cal row, nine double dumbbell snatches and six thrusters. Spicy. What, what weight dumbbell did you use? 35 pounds. That minus the row, that could be an open workout coming up. You never know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to incorporate more, um, dumbbells obviously in different movements. So. Yeah, those double snatches hit different, don't they? Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> I've been doing a lot of like devil's press. I'm like, 
double snatch is like a good variation to it, but definitely, uh, definitely hard to do. <laughs> well, Carolyn, I'm, I'm Scott. I'm the Clydesdale. I'm the one that's been reaching out to you. And then my co-host is Kat Shear. Perfect. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And so this is going to be really laid back. We've already hit record. Uh, we'll just kind of go through. Wow. Doing research on you was so much fun. Uh, you, you have such a background. And then uh, it, we'll go through that and kind of up through your CrossFit career. And then we'll finish up with some rapid fire questions that are just kind of like open-ended discussion type things. And, uh, and it'll be pretty fun at the end. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. So for our listeners, we are here with Carolyn Prevost. And she is what I would call uh, the Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders of this generation. Uh, because, and she's even better than them. They were two sport athletes. Carolyn is a four sport athlete. Um, she has won 11 national championships in four different sports, which just blows my mind. So let me see if I got them right. Taekwondo, hockey, yep. soccer, yep. and CrossFit actually ball hockey i the, the only i don't even count it actually but in 2018 before they started doing the national championship in 2018 i had won for canada but then they didn't end up giving like the national championship stuff to until 2019 so i don't even i don't count crossfit actually i don't have you, one in well you were the fittest in canada in 2018 i did yes. verify that yes. and so you well, i guess have, we, we could add a fifth sport there so yes and 12 national championships you could add that, I guess. <laughs> we are adding it. <laughs> I declare it today. Perfect. Five sports, 12 national championships. Um, so you grew up in a, a town called Sarnia, Ontario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And My family what, still lives there. What is Sarnia like? Uh, Sarnia is a small city, but honestly, uh, we have a lot to do there. There's like an OHL team, a little airport, mall, um, and there's been a lot of really good athletes come out of Sarnia. Uh, Mike Weir is just a little bit, um, like 10 minutes from there. Good, great golfer, obviously master's champion. A few Olympians, gymnast Olympians, uh, high jumper, uh, Derek Drouin. A lot of good athletes come from small towns, I think, um, yeah. work, working hard. Uh, but yeah, it's a border city with the states. Um, uh, Port Huron, Michigan, just across the bridge. So I got a lot of tournaments and stuff growing up in Michigan or in Southwestern Ontario. I did a lot of sports in London, which was an hour away from Sarnia. Um, yeah, so, but Sarnia is a great city. Uh, did most of my youth sports there and I had some great coaches. And I, I go did... back maybe once, I go back every holiday because um, obviously my family's still there. So uh, it's definitely, I'm proud to have come from Sarnia. And, and you're living in Toronto now? Yeah, currently in Toronto. Okay. Um, and so you grew up with, four sisters you are a twin Mm -hmm. and you have another set of twins in your family we're five girls within five years of each other nuts and me and my me and my twin are the youngest one so the i go as oldest twins twins so my poor parents growing up with five kids uh and within that close age group too right like five under five that's, well, uh, that's well I'm the only I'm the only male in my house, so I feel bad for your dad. He still had his full set of hair, so um, no, he's great with kids. So it's real. It's actually really cool seeing him now with my niece and nephews, and and just seeing why we grew up the way that we are. Because um, you don't appreciate it, you don't really realize it when you're that young. But when you're older and you see your parents interacting with like some of my sister's kids and stuff, it's pretty cool to see. That's just, that blew me away that there's two sets of twins in one family. That's pretty rare. Yeah. That's unusual. Were you all super athletic? Actually, no. Um, They've all, they all did sports. Um, Playing sports was like a big part of our family. My dad was a really good uh, hockey player and baseball player. And uh, like he played for the farm team for the Expos and uh, played really high up in hockey too. We all started with figure skating. We were introduced to gymnastics, which I think is one of the, best fundamental sports that any athlete can do um and then we all played soccer on different teams so like it's crazy schedule for my parents we were on track 
travel teams, some house league teams, but we all played sports. Uh, some of them tried hockey. Me and my twin did Taekwondo, some school sports we did. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't even count the school sports I've done, but quite a bit there too. Um, I was I was basically the only one that was very competitive with it and had that competitiveness to my sporting career. They played it more for fun and social, um, and I played it because I wanted to win. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned you mentioned your sisters. Uh, you and your twin sister are the youngest of the five. Are you the youngest of the twin? I am three minutes older, so uh, I have to claim that every single time. <laughs> so she's the baby. You're not the baby. She's the baby of the family. Yes. And and are you still close with all your siblings? Yeah, I think it's a it's part of like just living in a French family. I think we're very much um, close. We have group chats every day. We're getting, you know, a lot of communication and pictures and videos sent all day, literally every day. Um, yeah, it's a close family, like the uh, Kardashians, but like a real life. A little more down to earth. A little more down chill, <laughs> but just the closeness of like a family protecting each other and there for each other. So I'm going to now just kind of go through some of the sports and, and talk to you about that. And, and the first one I have is, is hockey, which yes. seems to be like a big love of yours. Mm -hmm. um, you, you played uh, on some junior national teams. Um, I'm assuming that's where you won some of your national championships. Uh, I won at the NCAA level. So for the University of Wisconsin, we won two national championships there for D1 school. And then I have a few um, play, when I was playing for Team Ontario at national championship, like the Canada Winter Games, and then another national championship there. Uh, and Very then cool. on the national, like on the junior national teams, we had some international competitions, um, but those are more like international. We had, a, we had a second place at a world championship. We lost to the States the one year. And then all of the European championships that we went to, we ended up winning um, on the under 22 national team. But yeah, I only count like Canadian or like American national championships. <laughs> so, so you went to Madison for, um, for college mm -hmm. uh, and you studied the one word in the English language that I cannot say. Kinesiology. Yeah, that um, <laughs> movement science, right? Yeah, and, and so um, was there a transition being for, grown up in Canada and coming to a state's college? Yeah, so I'm French. I grew up uh, speaking French at home, going to French elementary, French uh, secondary school. And uh, my like Ontario is not huge, like hugely French, but we actually have a really good community of French people in Sarnia. And I only went, I went to a school that maybe had 150 students. Um, so it was just small town. And then when you go to the States, a division one school and a big 10 school like Wisconsin, it was definitely like eye-opening how big the, the sports atmosphere was. Like it was incredible, but I knew I wanted to go to a big school coming from like a small town. I wanted to get that experience. And then especially how much I love sports, I wanted to go to a school that was really good in sports and great academically. Um, like Madison, Wisconsin is basically like the mid, the Ivy League of the Midwest. Um, really good school academically so had the best of both worlds and then the hockey team there um was <laughs> the best in the country so um yeah had a great experience and now the games are there so that's full circle too in my career yeah so um i live in big 10 country um i live in columbus ohio oh uh, no okay <laughs> so i am not a buckeye fan oh, okay so you know. Okay, I was gonna say because that's like rivalry right there. So I'm I'm actually a Penn State fan. I grew okay. up in Pennsylvania, and we, then back back when I played, Penn State didn't have a women's uh, hockey team, but now they're they are um, they have one now. So yeah, and so so you played in Madison. You um you made the all tournament team uh, for the Frozen Four uh, when you guys won the national championship, and so that's that's a pretty high honor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, I had a good good year, especially my senior year. Um, actually, what, what I'm really proud of of the Frozen Four was the Elite 89 award for the highest academic GPA out of all these all the student athletes, all the girls that were there. Because um, we, we always talk about my sports, but I did very well in school and worked really hard uh, for my grades there too. So to be 
you know, on the all, all tournament hockey team, and then also back it up with uh, top academics of all the participating women was cool too. Yeah, and you got a lot of uh, academic awards when you were at Wisconsin. I was reading through, you had so many um, accolades that it was hard to narrow down what to talk about. Um, so you, you are a very impressive woman. I work hard. <laughs> and so um, after college, you got drafted into a pro women's hockey league in Canada uh, by the Montreal Stars. And so then you went to a real French city. Um, and what was that like for you? I loved it. Um, I, I never lived in Montreal. All my parents are from Montreal, but we grew up in Ontario, like the five girls. Um, it's like my parents had moved when they were in their early twenties. Um, so, but we always gone to Montreal and all of like my best childhood memories come from Montreal. So it was really nice to, to move there and actually, um, play there. I, I, I thought at the time it would give me the best opportunity to make the Olympic team. Uh, it was a very, very good team. Um, a bunch of Olympians were there, uh, but I, I was finishing up my school. I had half a semester left of school and I didn't get to play as often because I was traveling to Madison. So I didn't get to practice with the team until halfway through the season and the team was so good. So I never really got an opportunity to move up in the lines or anything because they were doing so well. So you don't change what, what works. Um, right. So then I finished that season up and then I got released and didn't make that Olympic team that year. So then that's when I moved back home to Toronto and uh, I asked to, it, you get drafted, but for women's hockey, um, because it's, we're not really getting paid, it's not really professional as much as what they, um, they claim to be. And if you want to move to a certain city, they're not going to tell you like, you're not, you can't get traded there. So I went to teacher's college in Toronto and that's actually when I started CrossFit was that one year after I finished my year with Montreal, um, got released from the national team. And at that point you're 22 years old and they know that you're going to move on to different things because the next Olympics is not till four years away. So a lot of times the national team kind of releases players around that 22 year old age, which is mind boggling to me because that's, you're just entering your prime as a female athlete. You haven't even touched it, but a lot of girls get released around that age because they know that they're about to get, start working full time, possibly have families and stuff like that. And they can't, they don't want to hold on to you for four years for a possibility that you could get cut. So they allow you to just start, you know, uh, do it like living your life. And then they'll start from the bottom with the under 18 girls and kind of bring them up. And if they continue, they'll make the Olympic team. If not around that 22, if they don't see that future, they're just, they're starting from the bottom again. So I was in that position where they probably didn't see me four years from now cracking that roster. So it was time for me to move on. And at that point, I'm not receiving training from the University of Wisconsin anymore. I'm not tra receiving training from Hockey Canada anymore. Uh, the, we didn't really have trainers at that time for the professional league. So you're on your own for training. So I'm like, what can I do? And that's when you know I, I, I stumbled across CrossFit. And that's really what saved me because you, I, my whole life, I only wanted to be an Olympian for a sport. Like I played all these sports, but as a female athlete, you have one dream. You want to go to the Olympics. We don't have professional sports like the males do. Like they dream to go to the NHL. They dream to go to the NBA. They All these professional leagues, which are paying millions. Most male athletes do not dream of the Olympics like we do as a female athlete. So when that goal was not there anymore, I lost that, that spark in me as an athlete because I'm like, what am I training for now? Yes, I'm trained to play hockey, but it wasn't like as a competitor for me, it was like, I need something else. And CrossFit filled that hole for me right away. So I was really lucky to find that CrossFit um, pretty early on after graduating from university, because there's a lot of girls or just athletes in general that are lost and that's their whole livelihood is sports. And CrossFit just, you know, as a sport that's not specialized. And for me, I never specialized in any sport. It was like, oh, I don't need to be the best. I need to be very good at this and this and this. It just fell right in line with like what I loved about sports is just trying different things, being good, being good all around athlete 
as a CrossFitter. So I, it really like motivated me in that. And I saw that there's competitions and obviously I wanted to jump on that train right away. And then from there just kind of took off. Um, the games actually wasn't a goal of mine right away for the games though. Like I, I didn't think it was possible to be a games athlete as someone who was still playing hockey professionally, um, full-time career as a teacher starting. So I, I, I looked at the games athlete and I was like, it's not realistic. Like I, I'm very real in terms of like, like what I know I'm able to do. And it wasn't there until basically 2017 uh, when Dave Castro announced that the games were going to Madison, Wisconsin. And at that year, like I, I made regional every single year and I was getting closer and getting closer. And then he called Madison, Wisconsin. And, I was, and no one in the stands knew like in Canada and Oshawa during the invitational, what like what, where Madison, Wisconsin was We're like, oh, okay. The games, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. Like, I got to train for the games because I was getting close, but so that's like what switch. And that became my new Olympics as an athlete to train for. Um, although inside, I still feel like I, I still wish I could have made an Olympic team for something. Yeah. I can, I can hear um, the passion in your voice about the Olympics and it had to be a, a huge disappointment to be released from the national team. Um, and so you're saying that CrossFit is what got you over that disappointment. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you start looking back on your career, you're like, okay, well, what if I would have picked Taekwondo? What if I would have picked and continued with soccer? You start questioning all these what ifs. Like I was at the highest level of like all of my junior career for so many sports, but I never specialized. And I, I don't regret that at all. I don't regret that. I chose hockey because I thought it was going to give me the closest opportunity. I actually liked Taekwondo better growing up then hockey but there was no scholarships so i went with uh they only like the, they had uh some funding in ontario quest for gold but it wasn't it wasn't covering your your studies so i ended up going with um hockey but like could i have gone taekwondo route you know possibly there too um but yeah crossfit is what saved me um and it's it's saved a lot of my teammates too like i've introduced them to crossfit uh, it feels like you're on a team again. Like when you're, when you're in the locker room and you're going to train with your team after that, like in the weight room, like you miss that when you go to a global gym and you're all of a sudden by yourself, have your headphones in, not interacting as much. And then you, you join a CrossFit gym and it's like no headphones, no mirrors. You're just chatting with people. You're doing workouts, you're suffering, you're encouraging them. It, it just was, became fun and competitive. And it was like challenging. Cause you were like, always have to work on something. So as an athlete, like I don't know many people that didn't like it when they tried it. So it's been good to see how it's changed other teammates lives too. Yeah. And so you talk about the women's pro hockey league in Canada and the, the league that you first joined actually folded mm -hmm. and now so you're with, you're with a new league. So where does that stand in Canada today? Is, is this league, does this league look like it's going to do a better job than the one you were in before? Yeah, um, definitely. We're not there yet. Um, so once that league folded in 2019, we had a group of about 200 girls, uh, women uh, from, from all around the world. Most of them were North American, uh, so states and, and Canadians. Uh, and we formed together and we're like, we're not just going to join any league and because there was a current NWHL, um, who that, that's a great option for a lot of people too, uh, to play in the end up, uh, National Women's Hockey League, which is more of like a state's league. Um, but again, they're not as professional. It was kind of like the same thing. And our vision was bigger. Our vision was, you know, kind of something like the WNBA, um, affiliated with NHL teams and stuff like that. So if we're going to do it, we need to do it well. We don't need to rush it. We want to make sure that it's sustainable for the future. And we want to make sure that we're getting the proper resources so that when we go to the rink, we can focus about just playing hockey. We're not working all day, practicing from eight to 10 o'clock at night, going to work the next day uh, on our own for training, taking a bus for like eight hours and going to play that same day. You would never get that as a male athlete. You wouldn't bust that day and play that day because your chance of injuries are going up. So what we were doing as professionals just wasn't, it's not sustainable. It's not professional. 
So we partnered up with some really good uh, partners right now, and we're, we're in talks with the NHL and just to see how we can, you know, um, uh, take advantage of the resources that are available to our male counterparts and kind of create something with them along with other corporate sponsors into something bigger. We're in our year number two right now. Uh, we're probably not going to start a, like a league with a lot of teams because we want the talent to be like the best in the world. And if we start creating too many teams, it dilutes the talent and the game. So we want to make sure we do it well. We have a small number of teams and then it's going to grow from there. Um, so yeah, so that's where we're at right now. We're not, it's not yet a league. We're doing showcases, but obviously with COVID-19, a lot of it's been, um, you know, not uh, moving uh, as fast as we would like, but we're still working just as hard, um, if not harder right now, so that we stay uh, relevant and um, we can still showcase our talent so that we can eventually create this league that little young girls can dream about playing professional and not just Olympians. And you're playing for Toronto? In yep, league? so uh, we had two teams in Toronto last year, but they they wanted to make one team so it's a little bit more competitive. So um, I didn't even know if I was going to make it because I'm obviously towards the later part of my career. And I'm like, maybe I should just specialize for one year in CrossFit. <laughs> but nope, I uh, went back to hockey and made the team. So uh, still playing. It sounds like you're doing a lot to sort of champion the efforts of, of women in the sport too. How, in, how important has it been for you then in CrossFit where there's so much equality, you know, prize money and opportunities. Yeah. Like I love that about CrossFit. It's, I don't know a single sport basically that gives the same amount of pro like money, guys and girls, the workouts. Um, honestly, a lot of times the female side of the sport is more popular than the male side of the sport. Uh, it's, it's refreshing. It's just so nice to see that that, that can happen. Um, so it's just, we have work to do in the hockey side of it. Obviously the market and the guys hockey is huge. So it's just hard to, CrossFit's still a relatively new sport compared to, to hockey. But um, I, I love that we're constantly making sure that uh, women are treated fairly um, and equal in, in CrossFit. It's, it's awesome to see. And I often use it as an example in terms of like, we're, we have access to the same resources. So we can, we can develop faster. Because if we had access to like those resources for hockey and those facilities and being able to train full time, our sport would go, would, would, um, would grow like so much faster, but we're having to juggle so many things on our plates. So we're not putting our best foot forward when we're on the ice, when we have so many other things that we're dealing with. Um, and that, you know, in other professional sports, they can just focus on what they, what their art is, you know? But yeah, it's great for CrossFit. So, so the next sport I want to talk about is Taekwondo. You brought it up briefly and you uh, were on the national team for Taekwondo. Uh, you took a silver medal at Pan American Juniors. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, reason I the reason that you came into my mind to have on the podcast is you did an IG post <laughs> where you killed a dummy. <laughs> we call it Bob, body opponent, body opponent begs. So impressive. Your athleticism uh, that you showed in that was amazing. And so how did you get involved in Taekwondo to start? So when I was nine years old, um, my, obviously I live in a family of five and they, my, I was doing gymnastics at the time uh, in the elite program, like 25 hours a week. And the gymnastics coaches that were there in Sarnia wanted me to switch to an English school so that I could take this special bus that would drive the gymnasts to the gymnastics club and to, you know, this kind of shuttle system of like the gymnastics school back to the gymnastics club. And I'm in a French school with my twin and my parents, like, we can't have you go to an English school. Like, it, like French is very important. So I ended up quitting gymnastics when I was nine and um, it was my dad. We were just driving by in Sarnia, like this one road and we found like a blue water Taekwondo club. And then I was like, I'd like to do martial arts. It was cool. Um, 
stepped in the gym there. I'm, I still remember the conversation of my dad and the, and the, the Taekwondo coach. He's like, she'll be good if you, if you coach her and stuff like that. Um, so I ended up training right away, uh, competing. I was get, like, I was a white belt and then I was fighting boys instead of the girls. And then I, it, the color belt tournaments, I was destroying the girls. So they ended up giving me a black belt, not a real one, but just a fake black belt. So I could fight in the black belt division because it just wasn't fair <laughs> at that point. Um, I ended up just loving competing. Uh, that took me to, you know, a lot of competition. That was my, that was my favorite sport growing up. Uh, the mental side of it, the training, I'd wake up early in the morning, like at 6, 6 a.m., go for runs, drag my twin out of bed, have her like visualize and like listen to Rocky music and like picture opponents. Like I was like 12 years old doing this. Like what 12 year old is like visualizing, like I was ahead mentally than like all of the young girls. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, just a great sport. I also trained a little bit in boxing because when I did gymnastics, I was like, oh, Taekwondo was great, but it's all lower body. So it's mostly kicking. Uh, it's like 80% kicking that we're known for and a little, like maybe 20% punching. We're not allowed to punch to the face, just to the body. Um, but we can kick to the face. And um, so to kind of balance out, because my dad was like, literally, he was like, oh, well, you, you this is what you did before. So now we're going to, you know, if you're doing Taekwondo, you're only getting your lower body. So you're going to miss your upper body that you had in gymnastics. So to get balanced, which again, goes back to CrossFit, he suggested that I suggested I go upstairs at the blue water Taekwondo club and try out some training of boxing so that I would even out my body and not only work on the legs. Cause hockey was a lot of legs. Soccer was sprinting. Taekwondo was explosive. So then the boxing kind of worked a little bit, um, just kind of endurance upper body. Didn't, I never fought in there because I didn't have time. Uh, the coaching there also wanted me to, to, to fight, but, um, I chose or Taekwondo, but yeah, at, at 17, um, I had to stop when I went to university because I just didn't want to risk, um, well, one, they didn't have scholarships. And then two, they wouldn't let me probably, uh, <laughs> compete in fighting when you're on a scholarship for, uh, hockey. So that video that I posted is like, how long, like, so that's 13 years out of competing in taekwondo so to me like i was so fast like I, I i'm kicking stronger now but like my timing and my speed was even better when i was 17 years old like i'm like way out of the sport now um so but I, every, every single time i go back to sarnia i go to the blue water taekwondo club and i just blast some music kick the bob um it's literally the best training I've done in my life. Like when I was in shape for Taekwondo, I was in shape for any sport, any sport. Like you look at the martial artists fighting in the UFC, their, their stamina, their ability to like grapple and, and, and push against someone else's body. Like the muscular fatigue that you get, the cardio that you get for training for that prepares you, I think, for so many sports. Um, so yeah, I could be in hockey shape, didn't, didn't mean I was in Taekwondo shape could be in soccer shape, didn't mean it was translating to another sport, but Taekwondo was like, great. Um, so yeah, I, I miss that every time I'm home, I, I have to do it. So it's not part of your regular training now, just. No, that's literally like twice a year that I do that. So wow, you're, you're making me want to try it now. So it's, it's just fun. Like I just, it's just nice to go home. I like, I just like blasting the music, listening to music, kind of just like moving around. It's an art, right? Like, Taekwondo is a lot of footwork and stepping. So a lot of other martial arts, like you're blocking, but for us, it's like moving out of the way, clearing the shot and like finding open space and stuff. Like I, I just like uh, mentally and physically the, the sport. Like I said, it was my favorite growing up. Um, I just, I had to let it go. But like, part of me is like, where could I have gone with that sport? Um, so, so then we moved to soccer. Uh, so you did soccer for a while and you played, I think it said on a women's premier team in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I, I played in a, in a semi-pro uh, team in Madison when I was uh, there I was with all the D one 
soccer girls basically we, we would travel to like Iowa and, and Illinois and, and Minnesota and stuff there it would be I'd be like the only non d1 girl but I could have played soccer d1 too I just didn't choose soccer um but I love I, I don't play hockey in the summer like I stop in March or whenever the playoffs are done I do not put my skates on until late July early August when that's done soccer season starts and to me, it's like, oh, I get a new sport. It's refreshing. It's good on the body. You're not overdoing it. Um, you know, you're not doing a sport all year round and crushing your body and, and overusing the same muscles. Like I grew up always doing three sports. One was all year round. And those were my individual sports. Uh, before it was gymnastics. Then it became Taekwondo was my all year round. And now it's CrossFit. That's basically all year round. And then seasonal sports. Hockey was winter time all the way until March. And then soccer was typically from like March, April, all the way until the end of the summer. And then people usually go to university and stuff. So they, they complemented each other pretty well. Um, and then it's just kind of like finding time, but yeah, I love soccer. Um, the only, I stopped, actually I stopped playing soccer the year I went to the games because I just didn't want to risk getting injured. Um, just cause I was like, this is my first games ever. And then obviously with COVID last year, just didn't. So now it's been two years that I haven't played soccer, but that's, I played all the way until like late twenties, like almost 29. Have you, have you had to deal with any injuries? I had two MCLs in hockey from a teammate, both times was teammates falling on the outside of my knee. So grade twos. And I had a bad ankle sprain in hockey as well. And knock on wood, that is it for all of my sports. Um, I, I listen to my body. Uh, I play different sports. I'm not, if I feel something is like, doesn't feel right. I just don't do it. And I'll, I'll, I'll just, or I'll modify the, the workout or whatever. Um, like it's just listening to your body. I think it's experience of, of doing so many sports. Um, like so many people talk about like CrossFit and how they're in pain all the time. And I'm like, I don't feel that. Like I'm not in pain all the time. My joints feel good. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like most of my injuries were just from a contact in a sport. Like have I like done a little sprained ankle or like it would hurt in Taekwondo if you if you kick someone's elbow, like you would bruise up, but like you're out, you know, you're still training. Like I don't I don't even consider those like injuries. Right. Right. Well, that, I mean, it's unusual. I mean, you don't see too many games level athletes these days walking around without at least a surgery or two under their belt, you know, from overuse and things like that. So it's just a testament to your ability to sort of be in tune with your body and, and know when to, you know, know when to ease up a little bit. I think it's great. I think, I think acute injuries can happen in any sport. I can sure. do a ring muscle up and it, you know, I, I just didn't, I wasn't focused and I could slip out of it and something can happen acute injuries can happen, but chronic injuries, if you're not taking care of that on a daily basis, like you don't want to get to that point of like so, dealing with so many chronic injuries, like your whole, like every year. Right. So it's like, if something feels off, like I always give it a couple days just to see, then it's like, okay, it's not going away. Just go get some treatment, figure out a couple weeks, even maybe I'm not doing something. As soon as I feel it's hurting, you just, you, you tweak it out, like you tweak your workouts and then it kind of, for me, goes away. Yeah. But if you need to push it and, you know, poke the bear every time that you're working out, that, that's going to continue. Um, but yeah, like, I, like I said, acute injuries can happen walking down the street and tripping on a rock, which I've done many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you also played ball hockey and that's a little bit different than ice hockey. Uh, can you just explain the difference? And you won a national championship doing that as well. Yeah, I actually uh, don't play ball hockey, really. I played ball hockey one year. <laughs> I joined a team. Um, we went to nationals. And uh, it was one year. I wanted to do more running in the summer. Uh, had some teammates that were on a ball hockey team. They were heading to nationals. Played with them for the season. Uh it, it was just weird because like so many times when you're on the ice, you can glide and you're going to the net and it's like, you can't glide when you're running. You're like, oh no, I need to like move my feet as I'm like running. Um, so it was definitely an adjustment, but I think that I was able to adjust just from being in good shape and um, 
speed running. Uh, so I get, I can uh, kind of push the ball a little bit and run by people. Okay. So now we're going to get to CrossFit. That's kind of what our podcast is about. Um, you already mentioned that it was, it's what kind of saved you from, from being released from the national team and you found it in 2013 mm -hmm. and you didn't really have a goal to make the games early on. No, no. Like early on, it was, it was like, okay, let's see how far I can go. Let's, let's do some local comps compete. Um, in my very first year, I made it to regionals. Back then, the open was very light and low skill in 2014. So I come from, like, I, I'm a beginner in CrossFit, but I'm not a beginner of everything I've done in my life. Like, I have a gymnastics background, a hockey background. I've lifted weights at university, not Olympic lifting, um, but I've still done, like, squats and deadlifts and maybe, like, hang cleans and stuff like that. So uh, I made it to the regionals that year. Actually, I was in the final heat at regionals in my very first year because I think I finished ninth in the open. I did not belong in that final heat. Like that first workout was like a hang snatch followed by like handstand walk. And I remember opening at 105 because we don't hang snatch with a barbell in hockey. Um, and I'm still in like my first year. And I look down, I think Camille's doing like 190. Uh, Michelle Aton was doing like 175, 180. And I'm just like... 105 in the in the same heat with them. I was like, oh my God, these girls are good. Uh, so that first competition of regionals was like the coolest experience. Um, when you when you play so many hockey games, like you're excited when you play and you get that adrenaline, but sometimes you just kind of lose that a little bit. And like when you're going out on the floor of regionals, like I just got so nervous and I was like, whoa, this is like big and then you look in the stands and it was full so that first regional was like really special like kicked my butt but um just kind of introduced me to like all these great crossfitters and I was like oh I'm good locally but nationally I'm not not there yet so then it gave me that goal and that second year of the open that's when the, the open started becoming harder because they added two divisions rx and then scaled so then that's they introduced like the handstand push-ups and yeah, so it became a little bit harder. And then, you know, you just kind of move up every year a little bit as you kind of um, understand the sports and the movements a little bit more. But, and yeah. so I read, I read somewhere that what kind of flipped the switch for you to want to go to the games was the Invitational that was held in Canada. You, made, you were on the demo team. Yeah, they did this random uh, affiliate competition thing the day before the the Invitational. We had a lot of the athletes actually train at my gym at the CrossFit Coliseum, and I got to meet some of them. And then they said that the two podium teams of the day before could be the demo team. So uh, it was me and, and this guy from my gym and then this other, uh, these other two athletes. So we were just, you know, doing the demo stuff. And um, I just remember, like, looking at all the athletes, I'm like, would be really cool to be on the national team because like for me that was like the national team and like as a sport that like I was like oh I can go to a nationals here and I can win a national championship or be on a national team for this sport so I got to like see all of them there and then we got to demo and I remember having to demo like handstand walk and it was just I was just supposed to go I think like 15 feet and I'm like nope I'm going the full hundred or whatever it was I ended up like PRing my handstand walk my coach is like come on keep going keep going and I was like no I'm gonna just keep going so I just was like excited to like do stuff in front of some of my favorite athletes that were there and then like I said before when Dave Castro announced uh Madison Wisconsin like my eyes like lit up and I was driving home after and I was listening to Rocky music again because that was like brought me back to my Taekwondo days. And those were like my favorite movies growing up. Um, so then I was like, this is it. Cause like that year before uh, that, well, that year I ended up getting 10th at regionals. Then the following year it was uh, six. It was really, really close. I was only like six points. That was crushing. And then finally I made it after that, but I knew it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen right away. It was like, keep going like a little bit more, um, yeah, just kind of, but that's kind of like what sparked. So first, Rocky is still my favorite movie of all Rocky time. Killer? Rocky one. I like that one too. Yeah, that's my favorite movie of all time. And then second, uh, 
That six points mm. in 17. That's an 18. Oh, 18. I'm sorry, 18. That That's what drove you to the next year though, right? Yes, because I, that year in 2018, like I did really well in the open. It was like third worldwide and like I was feeling really good. And then the bench press got announced at, <laughs> at the regionals and my bench yeah. press sucks. Like a hockey player's bench, but I just don't have a good bench. I still don't have a good bench press. Like it's just not a good movement for me. And I finished like dead last in that event. And I just couldn't make up the points. I, I came really close, but like, I mean, I could have made up some points in other events, I guess too, but like, that was like my like bad event. And I like the hope was that I was going to make it that year, especially coming off the open. And then it was kind of like a disappointment that like someone that came so high in the open doesn't make it to the, um, to the, to the games, but it's still validated for me that I was on the right step and that my third in the open wasn't a fluke. I was right there in the mix trying to make it to the games. So I was like, okay, like, it's not a fluke. It's like, you, you get these finishes sometimes and you're like, yeah, but like, are people even redoing the open? Do they even care about the open? Like I, as soon as I was like up there on like week two, I was like, I'm redoing these workouts three, four times. Like I need to stay up there. Um, so, but, but then you, you just, you, you kind of question like, were those workouts just good for me? And is that why? Uh, so yeah, so you just, I was close that year. And it just, it fired me up for the following year for sure. Cause I was mad and sad and every emotion when you're just so close. Did you, did you do anything differently that year? Like uh, dial in your nutrition, hire a different coach, well, like. Uh, for, so in 2017 uh, in, or 2018 in, in, the, in January, uh, I had never tracked macros or anything like that before. Like I don't even take like any supplements. Like I just ate like whatever, still just like don't take any supplements really. Um, but I talked to a nutrition, uh, a nutritionist at my, at my gym. And then she taught me how to like count macros and meal prep. And so I think nutrition was one of the first things that I worked on. And then, um, I was taking summer classes every year to kind of go up in the pay of being a teacher. And for those, for that 2017, eight or 2018 summer was the first year or first or second year that I didn't have any more summer or summer classes to take. So all of a sudden now in the summer, I was a full-time CrossFitter basically. So I got to train and really up my training there. And then I could kind of ride out my training in like those like fall months all the way into like November ish but I really came off really good summers of training. So um, added more endurance workouts. Uh, so I was connected with a guy from the States called, uh, he's, his name is Rob. He's Carrie Pierce's, um, um, Rob Carson is Carrie uh, Pierce's uh, endurance coach as well. And started doing an Olympic lifting program. I never did any Olympic lifting programs before I did I was just doing like a lift. I was maybe just snatching once every two weeks. I was doing like a clean, like what, nothing like an, an actual Olympic lifting program. So I dialed in my nutrition. I got an endurance coach. I got uh, an Olympic lifting program and I still did all my CrossFit regular stuff. And I did like my gym programming. Um, so it just kind of just a more all around program mixed in with a better nutrition. And I think that that helped. So um, we're, we're running low on time and I want to make sure we get to our questions, but I have to ask you, how did you go from that word? I can't pronounce kinesiology. Yeah. To teaching. Um, hmm. Actually at first I was, I'm not sure if I wanted to be like a sports, a sports med doctor or something, but I still had so many goals athletically and I didn't want to go to school that long and teacher I've always liked teaching I did a lot of like like I didn't work a lot growing up but I did a lot of like hockey camps and soccer camps and I taught taekwondo so it was all all my all my experience was in teaching my mom worked at the school my sister's a teacher um I like the fact that like schools are done like fairly early you get your summer off um like it just works well with my schedule and like I said I've always liked teaching so I just naturally uh went to that and loved it right away 
um, yeah, it's, it's great. And I have a little CrossFit club at school too. Um, the kids are awesome. I, I got it affiliated a few years ago. It's like free for te for schools to affiliate because you're not charging the students. You just have a, a club there. Um, so my students train all the time, except for the first semester with COVID, we weren't allowed to use the room, but uh, it's really cool. That's very cool. Yeah, I feel like a lot of athletes, um, kinesiology is a pretty common major to go into when you're an athlete in college. It just seems like yeah, like natural like, progression. Yeah, as yeah an most athlete, people don't get worked on with like massage or physio. And I was always just curious. Like, I was like, oh, like, what are you doing? What muscle are you working on? It was just, you start understanding your body and yeah. how, how that helps you with your performances and training. So there was always curiosity with kinesiology. All right. So we're going to go to the fun part of the, the interview and we're going to do the rapid fire questions. Because, um, because if, just... Just to be clear, this this first part has been very fun. Oh, very <laughs> not fun. That, not that it wasn't fun. We're going to get yeah, more yeah. fun now. <laughs> a little more serious about your background. This one is going to be just kind of more lighthearted. And if we have some time, I still have a bunch of CrossFit questions, uh, but maybe we may have to do a second interview for that one. Um, but here we go. So the, my first question to you is, uh, who's your favorite NHL team? Montreal Canadiens is my favorite NHL team. If I said anything else, my parents would kill me. <laughs> uh, we are strong Habs fans. But as I got older, I like certain players too. Like, it's hard not to like McDavid and see, like, you, you just appreciate talent. So, like, I have my team, but then I also like players and I follow where they're traded and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Penguins fan. Grew up outside of Pittsburgh, so. Well, growing up on all my hockey cards – Every time I had, like, I'm pretty sure I put Pittsburgh as one of my favorite, like any team that won the Stanley Cup, the next year they were on my hockey player card as like my favorite team. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I liked Pittsburgh at one point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so exercises, uh, running or a machine? Uh, probably Later. a machine, but... Yeah, but mm, Maybe bike. Bike? Okay. Biking. Good. I'm not a runner. So. I just ran today. Um, but running, I always feel like I get a good sweat. Like in the summer, running. Summer, yeah. 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 You mentioned um, you started working with a nutritionist, um, assuming that you're still kind of paying attention to macros. Do you have sort of an indulgence meal, cheat meal, favorite thing? I don't. Hmm. Not really. Like, my, like, I would say that Chipotle, like, but it's not that, I don't think it's that bad. Like it's rice, right. chicken. It's delicious. Yeah. Like nutritious. But, but like Chipotle. I can fit it into my macros very easily. So like, it's not, I don't really count it as a cheat meal. Actually, yeah. I really like sushi. Mm, I'm with you there. I really like sushi. I don't know if that counts. Oh, and pizza. Oh man. I like food. <laughs> <laughs> So you kind of mentioned it, but I, I want to ask you, what was it, what is, was it like to compete at the CrossFit games in your college hometown? It was great. Uh, it's very stressful because of the elimination process. Like you just couldn't enjoy the competition as much as other competitions because you didn't know at what point you were eliminated. And if your weakness popped up in the next workout, like you could be done. So that part was like extremely stressful. Uh, which made me like not enjoy the competing part as much as I normally do. But in terms of competing in Madison and knowing the city so well, and I had like old teammates that were there supporting and current Madison, uh, like hockey players I came to watch. It was just cool. I felt like I was on home court. And you, and you finished up um, your games that year with a second place finish in the sprint. Yes. So that with was everybody really cheering you on. Yeah, that, that, that was my favorite event. I was injured, actually, at that point. Um, that is the first year I had a, uh, a rhabdo. Oh. The Mary workout before. Um, couldn't extend my arms. Injured my calf on the pull-up bar of Mary. And so the first 15 rounds of Mary, you could 
you had your, your mats adjusted. But I didn't adjust the mat underneath me for the second part of the Mary. Like as soon as we were done the first 15 rounds, we moved to another section. So in the very first one, when I came off, the mat was too far back and I slipped and my calf, like almost like the calf muscle just like went right up. I didn't even know if I was going to be able to compete in that event, the sprinting. I could not walk on my toes. Um, couldn't do a calf race, but as soon as I jogged, I couldn't feel anything. I was like, this is really weird. I can't walk on my tippy toes, but I can jog right now. And I couldn't extend my arms. I didn't even warm up for that event because, and I didn't know I had rhabdo at that point until I got back home to Toronto. And then they said I had rhabdo. Um, but yeah, but I, I just wanted to make that cut. And I didn't realize that, I, like, I didn't even know, like I knew what rhabdo was, but I never had experienced that before. So that sprinting event was interesting to me, um, but really fun nonetheless. That is normally, crazy. Normally that would be the most wheelhouse workout basically for me would be a sprint. Um, I wish I, I wish I was healthy for that sprint because the the, tur the first turnaround was on my bad calf that I had injured on Mary. And then I, if you watch me run, like I'm like literally like arms are straight. I could like, you, I was stuck in 90 degrees for two weeks. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Here, have you done Mary since? I have. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you're, you're all good now. You've made yep. peace with Mary. Yeah. I've made peace. I've increased, uh, to be honest, I didn't drink enough water. Five of the six workouts that I had done that year at the games were outside. I don't train outside very much. So big part of getting rhabdo is you're dehydrated and high volume. And I was dehydrated. Um, I train in Canada, but we don't have a parking lot that we can bring the weights. Like it's like a, in, like we're just not allowed to lift in our parking lot. So I'm training inside. It's humid when I'm training, but it's not outside in the sun, like a lot of other people. So I wasn't acclimated to like training outside. So I think it, it took out more energy than I thought it would. And I was, didn't drink enough water. And then you mix that in with 300 pull-ups or some, whatever Mary is. And that result happens, Yeah, <laughs> but you it's learn crazy. from it. And I haven't had it since. <laughs> Good, knock on wood. Um, so obviously the, our listeners know you because of your CrossFit history. If we were to ask people like back home in Sarnia or in Toronto, what are you most known for in terms of your sports background? Probably hockey. A lot of them know me more for hockey, but uh, growing up, uh, hot, like, but it's more just like athlete. Just, yeah. well, like they always refer to me as like, just like a multi-sport athlete. Um, but a lot, like I said, because of like the university age, like those years where I just basically both like only did hockey, I'm more known for that. Um, but I think as I'm getting older now, they know that like CrossFit is my number one right now. Um, but yeah, I guess it changes who you talk to. You talk to my hockey friends, so they know it's CrossFit now, so. <laughs> So here as a question for you, what is your favorite subject to teach? Mm, I like math. I like teaching math. I teach math, science, and typically a phys ed class. Um, math, math, math is what age group are you teaching? High school. So I have, I typically, so this semester I have grade 10 science, academic and applied grade 10 math, academic and applied and, uh, grade nine to 12 girls gym class. And is it English or French? French school. French. Yeah, went back, to, went back to my roots of, I want to give back to the French community. Um, I want to make sure that like, you know, I, I went from, I came from a French school. It's very easy for me to go to a big English school that has really good sports programs and athletes, but I want to go back to the French side and develop and influence that, um, that population. So teaching and coaching are, are pretty similar. And you mentioned that you do some, some CrossFit stuff at school. Have you ever considered coaching like at your box or, or doing something else with coaching in the future? I think eventually, like I program, um, like for like cross the Coliseum and stuff like that. I like programming. I like, I like coaching a lot. Uh, it's just, it, it, it would take away too much from my time right now. Um, I'm someone that gives a hundred percent on everything that I can. And if I feel like I'm not going to give it what it needs, um, 
my perfectionism won't, won't let me to do that. So maybe eventually, but just not now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's do you, definitely do you, something I like. To do you have a coach? Yep. Uh, he, yeah, my coach at Cross the Coliseum is my coach. Okay. Yeah, so he, uh, he does, he takes a lot of stuff off my plate um, so that I can just focus on training. But yeah. Nice. And we talk about the workouts and stuff like that. It's good. So what is your favorite gymnastics move? In CrossFit? Yes. Mm, right now, I think my chest bars are getting good. Like that's been my, like, probably one of my better movements lately. Um, yeah. Were they, were they not at one point? You sound, you sound surprised. What? Um, <laughs> you I just, good at those. Like, uh, like I, it was like I don't I don't consider any of them like uh, super good. I just was always like kind of like consistent, but I feel like I've kind of taken a step where it's like any workout that has like chest bar like recently, I've been able to get like really high volume in them. Um, so pretty happy with that. Um, the strict gymnastics still is not very great for me. Like strict handstand pushups, strict ring muscle ups. Um, but in terms of like, if I can kip like ring muscle ups, bar muscle ups, all of that, I'm, I'm typically fine. Handstand walking, um, is fine, but yeah, I think chest of bars is probably one of my favorites. Do you have a favorite Olympic lift? Um, normally I would say a squat clean, like just like a regular clean. That's my best one, but I've been really working on my snatch this year and I'm really happy with where it's going. So that used to be like probably my biggest weakness and I'm slowly turning it into a, a good lift for me. So happy with that. Need to work on my jerk though. So I may, I may know the answer after talking to you for an hour now, um, but what do you do to relax in your downtime if you ha- give yourself downtime? Um, most of like my downtime is just kind of watching TV. I like live sports. Um, like I don't really watch Netflix much, although I just got into Cobra Kai because of the, the Karate Kid stuff. So my sister told me to watch it. Um, so I'm really into that. Uh, but most of the time I'm just watching like news or um, watching sports. I like watching all sports. I love watching basketball, football, sports that I don't play. Cause I feel like when you eat and you breathe all the hockey all the time, like. I can go and watch hockey, but I also like to watch other sports too. Um, yeah, so probably just watching sports stuff, scrolling, listening to podcasts, music. Awesome. Podcasts. So, so what are your plans now going in, looking into this year competitively um, in terms of CrossFit? I definitely want to make it back to the games individually. Um, okay. I would love to get um, get to the games and, and get a better placing than I did um, in 2019, uh, I had qualified for 2020, but lost my spots once they narrowed down. And then once they like re switched all the rules, um, would have re gotten my spot from the rogue invitational, but that didn't count because, uh, they weren't affiliated with CrossFit at that point. And it was online. So because it was online, it didn't count, but then the games moved to online. So that was interesting. I did the stage one workouts with the exact same um, regulations as all of them, the same measurements, because I got uh, one of the athletes that was there to send me the, like the package that they got. Mm-hmm. So I knew exactly the setups, how much time they could take between each workout. So recreated that um, and would have done extremely well on that, for, on that. Those were good workouts for me. So I was like bummed that I had lost my spot and didn't get a chance to compete. So definitely have a uh, excitement coming for this year. We, I, we just don't really know how many people are qualifying to the semifinals and how many people are qualifying to the games. They haven't released that part of the re- rule book. So um, just waiting to see what the season even looks like. Cause they only kind of drew information for part of the season. Yeah. yeah. So I have one more fun question is, is twin intuition real? Yes. Oh my gosh. I would be in class and I would be like on a test. I would know exactly which question my twin would struggle with. 
And I would ask a question to the teacher, not giving the answer, but like, kind of like, basically be like, so do you mean this? And like my twin knew right away, she was listening. And she, she, like, we just have signals like, oh yeah. Even though we're fraternal, like you just sense stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Are, is your is your other sisters that are twins, are they fraternal or identical? Yeah, fraternal, two sets of fraternal twins. Wow, that's crazy. My twin is like super tall, like five foot nine, five foot 10. I'm like five, three. <laughs> Yes, short girls. Like size like 11 feet, like just crazy. Yeah, I saw uh, you posted a birthday, a birthday thing yeah. uh, for her. And there's pictures of the two of you as younger. And she like towers over you. Oh, yeah. She's like a head taller. She's just like leaning on me like this. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Well, this has been an amazing hour. I, I just think you're one of the most awesome athletes to ever set foot on this earth. Um, and all the things that you do at the level that you have done them, um, you're just amazing. And I feel honored to have had the chance to interview you for an hour. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. And like I said, I still have a bunch of CrossFit notes, yeah. um, but I really wanted to get into your background and the <laughs> stuff that people don't know as much about. And, um, and so maybe we'll have you back in, uh, in a few months, uh, see sure. how the game season's going and, and finish up those cross CrossFit questions. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care. You guys too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. We'd like to thank our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. As a listener of the show, you can get 15% off everything except special editions and new releases when you use the code Clydesdale15 at checkout. That's Clydesdale15, all caps, at rxsmartgear.com. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.